the Good Pals Podcast with Matt Stock and Zach Stevens. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 10 of the Good Pals Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Stock, and I am up in the lab on Lake Linden, as always, with my co-host, my producer, and my good pal, Mr. Zach Stevens. Stevens. Matty Stock. Episode 10, Stevens. Two digits. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've made it to the 10th episode plateau. Our baby's growing up. Yeah, man, we're doing okay, you know, again, a slight delay between episodes, but we're trying to keep them about a week apart. Yeah. Um, seems like little things come up from time to time. Like, I wanted to come up and do this uh, Sunday originally, but I was not feeling good. I was a little under the weather after a big weekend. It's kind of a hectic weekend in Hilton Head. I mean, it was for me. I, I, I like, I had a lot of work, a, a big work week at the bar, and I hosted a charity event, which was nice, and then instead of going home after the charity event and relaxing, I decided to come out and enjoy a show. Yep. That you and your band were doing at the Hurricane Bar, and it was just it was just a lot of fun. And I, I played six days straight. Yeah, so and it I've, just uh, took know. a bit of toll on me. So sometimes, you know what, man? If we're tired and we're grouchy or we're not feeling good, I don't want to record a pod because it's just not going to be as much fun. That's true, but the pod does make me happy. So yeah, the, yeah. So then the pod is fun, and like, uh, I mean, today is no exception. Um, a bit of a day of ups and downs for me. But why is that? Well, I mean, we'll get to that in a minute. But like, we did. I mean, today we got to experience what I think is like one of life's great simple pleasures, and that is going to the movies on a rainy day. Oh, yeah. Shitty day out, nothing to do, no guilt about it being a nice day. Ooh, we live at the beach, we should go to the beach, blah, blah, blah. If it's raining and it's crappy out, man, go see a flick. Why not, right? Yeah, and Cinemark's a pleasant theater to go to as well. Yeah, the Cinemark Theater in Bluffton, out here in our new, the lab's uh, new neck of the woods. The very big theater. Um, but a couple of big auditoriums, you know. Uh, we saw John Wick Chapter 4 today, which we're going to get into a little bit down the line here. Yeah. But that was obviously shown in one of the big auditoriums. Well, and I and I grew up most of my childhood in Bluffton, too, so I've seen a lot of my favorite movies. As I know I'm, I know you hold a very specific theater near and dear to your heart. Yeah, yeah. In Pennsylvania. But. I used to go to Sea Turtle a lot, though. The Sea Turtle. Yeah, back when it was Sea Turtle. Was sea yeah, Turtle yeah, cinemas. Yeah. yeah, it's a good theater, man. And, um, and we did see John Wick Chapter 4. We had a pretty good time with it. And there's a lot of other people at the movie still. Yeah, it was a busy flick for a 12.35 show time. You know? This movie's making some dough, John yeah. Wick, yeah. Um, so we got some details to get in on that. Uh, but when we usually kick off an episode, um, I like to go over some new news, some movie stuff, some little quick hits, stuff we've been checking out, this and that. Uh, I woke up this morning and I had a, a very big nerd moment because I saw a movie poster released for a film called Asteroid City which is coming out on June 16th. What is Asteroid City, Stevens? Um, it's a it's a new and upcoming flick that comes out in June, right? Or, am I wrong about that? comes out on June 16th. June um, 16th. Uh, it's Wes Anderson's newest flick. We love Wes Anderson. He's one of our favorite directors. Yeah. He comes into the conversation pretty much every episode, at least for a minute. And uh, Well, he must be the nicest guy in Hollywood because look at the fucking cast yeah, this guy for, always has. Just for fun, I'm going to do a little speed round here of a partial cast reading. Off the poster that they released today, uh, Jason Schwartzman, Scarlett Johansson, Tom Hanks, Jeffrey Wright, Tilda Swinton, Brian Cranston, Edward Norton, Adrian Brody, Liev Schreiber, Hope Davis, Stephen Park, Rupert Friend, Maya Hawke, Steve Carell, Matt Dillon, my dude, Hong Chow, Willem Dafoe, Margot Robbie, Tony <laughs> Revolori of the Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah, zero. Jake Ryan, don't know who that is, and Jeff Goldblum. And I don't even think that's the complete cast. No, probably not. And that, that's what's crazy about him is like Margot Robbie will probably be like a 
like a gas station clerk or something. Yeah, we, I mean, we talked you know? about we talked about Wes with uh, all the way back, and I think it was like episode two when we talked about ensembles. He always puts together a good ensemble cast. Uh, this one, no exception. It's also the first that I heard a, a synopsis of basically what the movie's about. Um, yeah, it's like a Stevens. The itinerary of a junior stargazer space cadet convention is spectacularly disrupted by world-changing events. Hmm. I almost wonder if this is a an alien movie. Potentially. I think it's more of going to be like a cataclysm type, like catastrophe movie. Yeah. I don't know if you, I don't know if Wes Anderson would dip, dip into the world of like science fiction or the, the fantastic or the unnatural, you hmm. know, I think he's always very stylized, but I can't recall anything outside of fantastic Mr. Fox, which is animated. Yeah. Or Isle of Dog. But yeah, yeah. Also same, animated same though. Yeah, so his live thing. action films are whimsical, but still grounded in realism. Which I would love to see him kind of... That's what I'm saying, dude. ...get off this planet, you know? I mean, if Asteroid City ends up hmm. bringing in a, sci- a sci-fi element, I mean, I think it would be great. Like, if it's all these kids that are, like, wannabe space cadets and astronauts and are suddenly faced with events that bring them into direct contact with... I just uh, can't wait to see him film in this medium because, like, what plays to Wes Anderson more than, like, the 80s West? Yeah, dude. You know what I mean? Just, like, cheesy country cowboy outfits and shit yeah absolutely be... space ranger outfits <laughs> i know it's gonna be stuff perfect like that i can't believe owen wilson's not in it i don't he know if it's is. <laughs> i don't know if it's 70s or 80s just looking at or this looks like 50s actually yeah i mean it could be it's hard to say with him really to nail down the time and sometimes it's not even really even made clear in the film besides through the soundtrack yeah listen for the needle drops that helps you figure out around where where things are going down and this one was a, a popped out of nowhere because june's a very quick slot to throw a movie at you you know well i mean i've been sort of tracking its progress for a while but it wasn't locked into a release date oh i this is the first i've heard of it but i feel like the studio has got to be high on it if they're releasing it in the middle of the summer the only thing that concerns me is that it's slated for release on the same day as the flash which uh uh, i'm starting to think might be the sleeper candidate for the biggest hit of the summer smart people go see wes henderson other people will go see The Flash and we'll see both. I'm going to see them both. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to see them both. I'm, and I'm going to see The Clash because of fucking Michael Keaton. Batman is in it. And oh, I know God. that's And I know that's nerdy, but... Actually, now, I'm excited now. I think this could very well be a PR stunt, but what happened recently is that the big news that DC is pushing is that um, there's some other news they're definitely not pushing. But someone got... Tom Cruise wanted to get his hands on a copy of The Flash. I heard so many good things about The Flash. Um... I, w- I really want to see this movie. Can someone bring a reel over to the screening room so I can watch it? So they, you know, they put the, you know, they they get the digital or I don't even know if it was film or whatever. They take it over to fucking Tom Cruise's house as he watches it, loses his fucking mind. Said it's one of the when most, did this come out? Most amazing, like, edge of the seat rides that he's ever seen. He loved this fucking movie, Tom Cruise. He can't say enough good things about it. And this is all, this, this is James Gunn's The Flash? Well, Andy Machete's the director, the guy that made the okay. Ed movies, but it's it's uh I don't even think it's part of the James Gunn universe. It's one of the ones that he inherited. Okay. But Tom Cruise allegedly loved the Flash. He's all about it. Um, but who knows what kind of machinations go on behind the scenes and the and the, in the world of like in the world of movie hype and um. You know, the last time um we reviewed a comic book movie, Stevens, we talked about Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania, which we both hated, and um. You became so angered, not angered during the podcast. You're like, can we, 
Can we just not have to go see or do another podcast about a comic movie for a while? And I was like, I'm fine with that too. Yeah. But, I mean, we still kind of have to talk to them when they're in the news. And here's some good news for you. Uh, and this all goes in the comic book movies are in trouble file because uh, DC just released uh, Shazam Fury of the Gods. Oh, yeah. Couldn't even. And it absolutely tanked. I mean, like a huge, a massive box office failure. Um, critically, box office wise. So now the last three comic book films to come out in theaters, starting with Black Adam, the absolute piece of garbage with the rock in it, and then Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania, and last week, Shazam Fury of the Gods. Three really big bombs in a row for the genre. Which now saying to me the genre could be in trouble. Maybe they just maybe they did get too lazy. Maybe people got tired of it or got smarter the the quality of these movies is going down, dude. I think Black Adam has like hurt The Rock's career, probably in more than like a little way. Yeah, probably. And then uh, there's been a bunch of backbiting going on because now this this guy Zachary Levi from Shazam said he wanted to have characters for Black Adam in his post credit scene, and The Rock wouldn't let it happen. That's why the movie's sort of blaming that on like why the movie didn't do well. I'm sure there's plenty of reasons why the movie didn't do well. I just I saw the first Shazam. Did you see the first Shazam? No, I can't care about this stuff, man. It's a kids' movie is entertaining, you know. That's why I let you do it. But so I mean, these these are movies that are that are kind of um, you know. But maybe it is played out. Maybe they can't be saved. Who are these people? You know, like, I'm looking at this picture of the actors in this. Like, who are these? People? That's the Marvel family, is what they're called in the comic book. But it's a DC comic, but Shazam is called Captain Marvel. You don't even want to get me started on it. doesn't matter. I, I don't. Comic movies are in trouble. Another reason they're in trouble, if you're Marvel, you're not too happy either, because you just signed the hottest actor in Hollywood to a fucking 10-picture deal to play your big bad guy, and he gets arrested last week for beating... Oh my God, Jonathan Majors. Someone allegedly assaulting, harassing, beating a, a someone. Female. Yeah, yeah, saw, a female. Yeah, I saw... A female. I saw something... That uh, we're not here to convict the guy. I'm just saying. This, no, no. You know? I just well, I was gonna say I saw his lawyer put out a statement about um, we have conclusive evidence on why Jonathan Majors is innocent of any domestic violence. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, do you know what a Disney lawyer could do? A Disney lawyer could could a Disney lawyer could probably win a case that he was never in the movie Ant Man Quantumania. Yeah, you know, <laughs> they're I so you know stacked. Interestingly enough, very big news when it happened probably about 10 days ago when this arrest happened. Yeah. Haven't heard much about it since. Got real quiet. And in high-profile cases like these with celebrities, sometimes they're like really in the news cycle. Poster boy. Really in the news cycle. And strangely enough, not hearing much about this one. And, you know, online and Twitter and on, you know, other social medias that I go on. So a lot of Jonathan Majors stands saying, oh, he didn't do it. He's probably roid rage, or yeah, he has he some roid rage from his he last two roles. You know who's saying it? Largely women. That he didn't do it? Yes. Oh. I find this interesting. And the reason I find it interesting is because I want to talk briefly. You spent some time on Twitter, Stevens. Uh, I've spent a lot of time, yeah. What do you think about stand culture? Um, The mega f- stand culture, you know, people that are mega fans. I'll tell you the most unhinged people are stands and like Taylor Swift fans. These people need to be... Like, there needs to be a mass exodus. Yeah. You know? Taylor Swift has a lot of really... But people that are... You know, the stand culture is more reflective of people that are very protective. They idolize these people. They're very protective of them. Are Christians stands? Uh, they do some... Yeah, they're Jesus stands. <laughs> they stand JC hard. Yeah, yeah. Dude. But it's interesting. Uh, Taylor Swift's a good example. Have you ever been a stand for anyone? 
Um, yeah, probably John Mayer. Yeah, yeah. I stand Kurt Russell pretty hard. Like, look what happened when your dad dissed Kurt Russell movies. I was like, yo, now we got a problem. Yeah. <laughs> but the reason the, the reason I'm interested in her. Not so much interested in it, but the reason I'm going to talk about it is because there was a uh, miniseries that just came out on Amazon last week called Swarm. Um, this is created by Donald Glover of Atlanta. Uh, I'm a big Donald Glover fan. What are your thoughts on Donald Glover? I love him. So I, I first knew him as Childish Gambino. Yeah, Gamb- Childish when, when Gambino. Was middle school, yeah. Really cool. Um, this has done interesting comedy and film work. So, um, Donald, like Atlanta. Was a is a really interesting project. I've not seen the entire series. That movie crushed. Too. I've seen People most love of it. it. Did you see Atlanta, like Atlanta? I I really, I really enjoy it. He's very creative. Uh, I think he's he's got a lot to say, and he's got a lot of a lot more good stuff come out of him. But I've been excited for this Swarm show to come out because it's his take on Stan culture, very 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 thinly based on Beyonce and her fans. Hmm. So in uh, the Swarm, the case is you have a, a gal named Dre who's a super fan of an artist named Naja, who is a very thinly veiled Beyonce avatar. And I feel like Glover makes like intelligent statements and there's lots of um, subtext and lots of, lots of direct sort of interrogations of some issues with popular culture. And I was really hoping to get that out of swarm. Cause I think that Stan culture is interesting. I think there are people, certain people that are outcasts, that find a fellowship and like and sharing fandom with other people. Yeah. I think it happens in a lot of the nerd, the nerd subsets that we deal in. Oh, you know? uh, that or you think about, uh, you think about juggalos or this is like based on the, on the <laughs> beehive Beyonce's fans who used to be pretty crazy, but have since calmed down. Is that what bit. they're called? The beehive. Yeah. Uh. So like I was saying, this is very, very thinly veiled. This show swarm. But I mean, what basically happens is this, this girl's a, a hardcore Stand of this uh, singer, Naja, and she has something very tragic happen to her in the first episode of the show, and she goes um, on a murder rampage. She becomes a serial killer. Jesus Christ. And what I sort of expected to be an analysis of fan culture just really turns into a, a straight-up horror series. It's a bit unsettling. Um, the lead character, played by uh, Dre, played by Dominique Fishback. You binge this? You've already done with it? Yeah, I watched it in like two days, and it wow. wasn't really an easy watch, though. It wasn't enjoyable. Uh, which means, I guess, to an extent, it's well done. Uh, there was some interesting casting in it. Michael Jackson's daughter has a prominent part in one episode, Paris, who wow. I'd never seen do anything before. And um, she was actually pretty good. Was Billie Eilish good in that? She Billie Eilish was there. good. She's in a, she's an episode about a cult. Oh, Rory Culkin, the young... That's, that's based on, a, you know, Nexium. Have you heard of the Nexium cult? HBO had a, uh, HBO had a documentary about him recently. Hmm. I don't, I don't, it's not ringing a bell, but yeah, but, uh, so yeah, Rory Culkin, you see his penis smashed up against the side of a bowl of strawberries in one of the episodes. Oh, lovely. Yeah. He's like holding the strawberries, but then the penis is, you know, if you're into that sort of thing. No. So I'm surprised you didn't see that on Twitter. <laughs> so there's a couple, like there's a couple thematic, in, thematically interesting episodes. One being the one with Billie Eilish, who does a really good job of acting as a leader of this cult. But uh, what I was expecting to be really insightful or clever or black comedy-ish kind of thing, because this is coming from Donald Glover, um, I, it's sort of like a straight horror approach. Hmm. And I saw elements in that in some episodes of Atlanta. Uh, I don't know. Have you watched Have you watched the Atlanta series well, on FX? Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen most of Atlanta, but a lot of Atlanta episodes are like more like panic and like anxiety and inducing less like horror. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And, and that's and that's a big part of what Swarm is too. And I was hoping that. 
you know, when we put a post today, maybe someone has some thoughts on, on Swarm that we could touch on. But if you have watched Swarm and you have any thoughts on it, throw us some comments on no. the on the on the post about the about the uh, about today's episode because I'd like to talk about it. Nobody wanted to engage about Swarm; they just wanted to talk about the new Starbucks. Yeah, being put in on Hilton Head Island. Yeah, man, get the get the torches out. There's a new Starbucks opening on the south end of Hilton Head Island. People are not happy about it. Hmm. Well. I did want to give a really quick rundown of some of the trailers we were lucky to see right before John Wick. There's going to be three Starbucks at a 1.5 mile area, like a tri- triangulated though. That is a lot, isn't it? Um, it's something. But shit, where else can you get coffee? Around here? I make coffee at my house. I don't yeah, but I, I like to go. I like to leave my house and like sit somewhere and like read a book. You ever try to go to a bar and read a fucking oh, you book? Sh- you should go to the corner. What perk. are you reading? What are you reading? You should go to the corner perk on the north end. Huh. Yeah, perhaps another time. Perhaps another time a corner perk review. We tried that out earlier this morning. Stevens, you know, you tell me, you know, not to go hard on local businesses on this podcast. And I didn't even bring up my corner perk ref experience today. And you just, you just sort of snagged me into it, didn't you? I, you just, wanted, I just wanted to see where you'd go with it. Matt I mean, had a very unfortunate experience. This yeah, morning. the cat's out of the bag. Like, I just wasn't happy with the place at all. And I know it's a good brand and everything, but... Uh, I mean, for a lot of reasons, won't be dining there again. Chalk it up to growing pains. They opened like two weeks ago. Yeah, man. sure. These things take time. I went to Paris Baguette. I had a nice cup of coffee. I had a nice donut. <laughs> you did use a word though that really made me laugh. He, I was like, what was wrong with the overall experience? He was like, just like disinterested teenagers behind the bar. <laughs> Listen, I didn't say that. I said they were aloof or I don't know what they He said disinterested. It is true though. Have you ever looked in like have you ever looked in like a sixteen year old with dead eyes as he makes you something? It's pretty sad. You looked at him today while they're taking my egg order. <laughs> they're just like Oh, here's my thing. Um I play at a venue, I won't say where. But um there's a kid that, that busses tables. He's gotta be fifteen or no, like sixteen, seventeen. And and I did the same thing at his age. And the kid always has an AirPod in one ear while he's doing it. And I don't know why, because I should just be doing my job playing music, but it pisses me off. Man. Because I'm like, I'm like, you're at work. You're not listening to music. You're bussing tables. Say somebody asks you a question, you answer it like you're working. I don't know. Maybe I'm a fucking old man, but I, could you imagine running around in a restaurant with headphones in? No, but you know, it doesn't bother me with a busser for some reason. Just because me is like, because they're already doing like grunt work. As me is like, yeah, I don't want to say grunt work because it all starts somewhere. But you know, for me as a server, as a bartender, or whatever, it's sort of like, I don't need some. I don't want a fucking kid bother me, blah blah, yak my ear up the whole time. Like just let him let's yeah, let him listen to let him listen to their music and do their work. Okay. Everyone has a bad day. I have bad days bartending, God knows. I'm sometimes a miserable bastard behind the bar. I'm sure you turn into flat performance occasionally. I'm a narc. And maybe this place just had a bad day for breakfast. Yeah. But chalk it up to that. You wanted the sauce, you got the sauce, Stevens. Anyways. Yeah. Some of these trailers were yeah. super saucy. Yeah, we love trailers. We love trailers. Um, you were a little bit late for the movies today. I started getting my I started getting my anxiety. Like, oh, I'm going to miss the trailers. Going to miss the trailers. I had to get gas. But I think we know. Yeah, you live five minutes away from the fucking theater, man. <laughs> so it's cool though. But you got there. I think we saw. If, if anything, maybe we missed one. But we saw a few good trailers. Let's talk about them. Uh, yeah, I'll start with them. Um, Oppenheimer, which is um the next movie from one of my favorite all time directors, Chris Chris Nolan. And uh, talk about an ensemble cast. This movie's fucking loaded. You cannot wait for Oppenheimer. I'm in the same boat, man. I'm hyped about it, too. Yeah, but it's a clear best picture front runner just from a trailer. Sure. And I know yeah. I'm crazy. 
Well, just from the pedigree, I'd say it was before even seeing any content from it. This movie, I mean, it's just nom. I'd nom. say this thing's in the conversation. Oh, I'm just, well, just noms for everything. I mean, this will get cinematography. This will get sound. This will get, I, don't, I mean, I don't know if he's working with Hans Zimmer, but um, it's going to get a lot of fucking noms. Break down the, break down, you know, break down the cast. I mean, we're talking about Christopher Nolan, of course. Well, so, okay. Uh, the so cast, for some, starts, of what you, some of what you saw in the trailer that you really liked. Well, for starts, I'll give a quick little rundown. This is about uh, the scientist, um, J. Robert Oppenheimer, who, you know, had a massive role in the development of the nuclear bomb oh, yeah. back in the uh, in the 40s. And um, Killian Murphy is playing him as the lead, which is honestly awesome because, you know, like we've talked in the past about ensembles and, um, you know, directors having their bag of guys and gals that they pull from. Killian Murphy's always been in Chris Nolan's bag from the jump. I mean, he's, he's an old he, guy. He, he, he auditioned for Bruce Wayne. Ended up getting Scarecrow, but like he's always been a guy Nolan leans on, yeah. but he's always been you know the sixth guy, the fifth guy, the seventh guy in in the totem pole. Of, he's in the mix though, always, always. Well, this time Nolan said, "Let's go, man. We're running, you know, like we're we're going for it." And um, I'm excited because I mean, God, Killian Murphy has had so many flicks where he's proved his worth as like the the leading man. Um, well, I mean, now it's also really a Peaky Blinders thing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, Peaky Blinders is probably his best character. Everybody role. loves Peaky Blinders. Everyone loves Thomas Shelby. Is that, oh, that's the character name? Yeah, Thomas Tommy Shelby. I gotta maybe I gotta give that show another shot. Oh, it's one of my favorites. But he's got the ton of role here in Oppenheimer, and the film looks pretty interesting. I mean, I don't, I'm surprised it's being put out in the middle of July as opposed to like during award season. But no, no, I love. I when think it's it might out. mean that they have like you know Nolan can make a, a serious film that's also like a crowd pleaser. His movies always come out in July though. Is that the way it works? Dark Knight came out in July. Dark Knight Rises. Um, Tenet came out in July last year. What happened? I thought July 4th was Will Smith's spot. <laughs> well, no one better watch him. He might get he's, slapped. He's not a get... July 4th guy. But if he's, 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 I think he's a July Nolan. 20th guy. I don't... He ain't gonna slap nobody again. <laughs> ain't nobody slapping Chris Nolan. But just a quick rundown, kind of like we did with Ashley City. That's interesting. I didn't know that. We have Emily Blunt, <clears throat> Matt Damon, Robert Downey Jr., Florence Pugh. Matt's girlfriend of the podcast, friend of the podcast, Gary Oldman, David Dalmatian. I mean, Jack Wade, who we were saying is um, a perfect example of a good Nepo baby. We'll support Nepo babies <laughs> if they end up like Jack Wade. Good Nepo baby. Yeah, we like a good yeah, Nepo sure, baby. Yeah, for sure. Casey Affleck. I mean, just to see these names towards the bottom, like Rami Malek, like he might have a small role, but who knows? And then I mentioned when I saw the trailer, I go, holy shit, that's Josh Peck from my childhood favorite show, Drake and Josh. Yeah. And Matt goes, I fucking hate that guy. Yeah, I think Josh Peck sucks in everything that he's in. But uh, maybe this is the big breakthrough. If Nolan sees something in him, he'll bring it out of him. If any director can do it, it's going to be Nolan. Like, obviously, we're going to be going to see that the day it comes out. Yeah. You know, that's, that's going to be a big release day. A big pod for us. The Oppenheimer pod. I mean, what are we doing? Uh, yeah, I can't wait. I'm not even going to think too much on it, but... It's, is it going to be the bomb? <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Guys, Matt's unwell. I just wanted to say... <laughs> Matt's not doing too Do hot. you think it has anything to do with this lump that's on my head? No, don't but talk about that. But it's increasing in size. Matt, it's <laughs> affecting my brain function in some fashion. Has a, Matt has a cyst on his head. I'm right not. Now. Yeah, I, well, you know, it could be. That's what it is. I thought it was maybe like an ingrown hair sort of situation, but I think I'm probably gonna have to go to a doctor well, to guess, get it drained or whatever. Our but listeners are gonna love that. Yeah, it's it's weird. I'll put some close up pictures of it on the social media. For Don't do that. No, I would never do that. But uh, we'll work on it. But um, 
What other trailer did we see? We saw Oppenheimer. Uh, I'm going to let you run with uh, Renfield. Renfield. <laughs> Renfield is a movie of the last like three months. This movie's getting marketed aggressively by Universal. And I remember seeing a trailer for it probably about three months ago. Nicholas Holt, our boy from the menu, Mad Max Fury Road stars as Renfield, who is, of course, Dracula's um, manservant and henchman. Yeah. A familiar, they would call him, on what we do in the shadows. Yeah. So I saw this trailer for this movie, Nicholas Cage playing Dracula. His dream role of a lifetime, you know? And um, I really didn't care for the trailers I saw for it. I love the trailer we saw today, though. But the more modified trailers I see for this thing, over the last couple of months, the more it grows on me. And now I'm like, shit, I really want to see this fucking movie. <laughs> Look at like, this. I'm into it. And yeah, I've seen, I see more pictures and trailers of a cage in various states of disrepair as Dracula. You know, I think he's either been burned by the sun or he's hungry or he... Needs to get some get some food in him, but well, and I was going to ask you this. It looks uh, it looks like it's got a nice balance of action and horror and comedy. Well, like we saw, it's kind of gross, kind of funny. Obviously, John Wick is extremely graphic. I was yeah. wondering, did, did we see a really graphic trailer because we were in an R-rated flick? Yeah, it was a red band. They showed oh, okay. the red band. That's what I thought. Yeah, That's what so I we thought. we saw a red band for Renfield, and it looked man, it looked really entertaining. And it comes out in a couple weeks, so I think you know, not to spoil anything for you guys, but I think we're gonna have a Renfield and vampires podcast. Yeah. Coming up in a couple weeks. It comes mm. out April 14th. I'm pumped for that one. People don't know this. Uh, yeah. Huge yeah. Twilight fans. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think Renfield is interesting. And uh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll throw the I'll throw the trailer up on um, on our Facebook page. You can check it out. And uh, tell me what you think. But I think people are, people are talking about it. We got two more pretty cool trailers we saw. I mean, well, we don't have to spend a ton of time on Dungeons & Dragons. Honor Among Thieves. Yeah, uh, Chris I mean, Pine's new upcoming flick. But, um... Those trailers don't do a lot for me, but what it is doing for me is like there's been a serious hype about this movie since they opened it up for reviews a couple weeks ago. I thought the trailer was dope. It's extremely well reviewed. It's apparently very funny. Well, can and very entertaining. I like I liked what I saw because it was like it wasn't trying to like be a polished like fantasy esque movie. To me, it kind of had like this almost like feeling of like Labyrinth or like Willow or something. I, well, I think it's a comedy, man. Yeah, I think it's basically yeah. like a straight up comedy, but it's got some money in it, you know, obviously because he's of the the CGI and everything, and I mean, why not, man? I love Chris Pine, dude, so it doesn't really surprise me that he'd be funny. I dig him as well. Or cool. I mean, he's not... <laughs> I think he's like a... I think his role in, like, the the band or um, the party, as they would call him in, in D&D, hmm. is uh, he's like a musician, you know? He's not like a knight or anything like that. He plays the lyre, I think. And the lute? Yeah, the lute. I think it is the lute, <laughs> as a matter of fact. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the, the trailers sort of fall flat with me, but apparently... You know, I don't always go by critical mass, but like we say, there's some critics that we sort of that, listen to. We're like, oh man, they're when they're smoked, there's fire. That's and, just gonna be a fun watch. And yeah, I'm, and I'm I'll be in the theater. Yeah, for it, yeah. You know? so, so check it out. But um, and then there was one more. Us, uh, you say it. How do you say? Sisu. 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 S i s u was a trailer we saw. It's about a an ex soldier slash gold miner, and uh, the quickest rundown: this guy is gonna kill a ton of Nazis on screen, and it's from the same um. From the same people that bring you John Wick, and it's going to be fucking crazy and wild and action-packed. And they want you to have fun and go watch more Nazis die. The review soundbite is the most fun you can have watching Nazis get eliminated. That is what it says. Yeah. yeah. We saw Sisu back-to-back with a trailer of another guy that likes to punch Nazis, Indiana Jones. And that oh. was uh, the Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny trailer. Um, definitely the final chapter of the Indiana Jones saga. And, I mean... 
what do you think? Now, is I mean, I'm going to go watch it. The yeah. trailer got me excited, but Dial of Destiny, do you think this is going to be some kind of like time hopping thing? And that's Aliens. Why that's why we're getting like de-aging? Aliens. No, I think there's going to be some flashbacks related uh, to his other, with his dealings in the past with Nazis. Uh, but from what I understand, this one's about aliens. I mean, Harry, Harry, I don't know, he's 80 years old. So, um, but he's still indie, you know, he puts the hat on, he's got the whip out, and it's pretty cool to see it, you know? And they know what they're doing. You notice it like, I'm sure I've said on the podcast before, I think the most satisfying sound in cinema is Indiana Jones punching someone. Dude's got a punch, yeah. And they actually really focus like on three like really hard punches in the trailer. I'm like, oh yeah. You know what my favorite? You want to hear the whip crack? You want to hear the fucking good punch? You know what I always look for sound wise in those movies? What's that? I wait for the Wilhelm scream. What's the Wilhelm scream? You know what the Wilhelm scream is? It's um in every, uh, every almost every Spielberg flick, uh, Star Wars, uh, Jurassic Park. It's that that really high pitched scream. It's like. And then they like fall, and you know what I'm talking about. I a different what a different character does it in all these movies. Yeah, but it's in always, a Spielberg movie. It's always just like a person who got their ass kicked, like an extra. You, oh, okay, okay. Hold on, I'll play it into the mic and see if we can get a good audio. Sorry if this is shit, guys. But uh, okay, no, that's, that's making some sense to me. For but here sure. we go. <laughs> that's, do you know which one that is? That's no, that's really the matter? exact one every time. Oh really? Yeah, that scream is in every <laughs> every movie. You'll 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 think of it now. That's cool. I learned something new. Yeah, the Wilhelm scream is in. Look here's here it is in Die Hard. Um, when I know in A New Hope when they first get into um the uh the Death Star and uh, the guy one of the one of the I think one of the rebel pilots makes that noise when he spins into a, a crash when right? a Tie Fighter explodes right yes, or something like that. Yeah. You're, yeah. Anyways, I don't even know why I went in. That, that's just a soundbite I like, and now you'll notice the Wilhelm stre- scream. That's cool. Yeah. I never heard of that before. That's yeah. very entertaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice research, Stevens. Well, yeah. A little bit. I look, I look at those little nerd tidbits like that just get me all pumped up. I know. A little that's smile what it's on my all face about. Right yeah. That's what it's all about. An Easter egg. An Easter Way egg. before the time of common Easter eggs. But we must talk about... Will will consume every Sunday from here until. Yeah, speaking of you know treats on Sundays, not just Easter eggs. We got a big treat last Sunday. We've been waiting for it forever. We've got had to go through a one week dry spell without The Last of Us or a Sunday night quality television show to watch, and the wait is over because Succession is back God. every Sunday on HBO for its final season. Succession ten, is so back. Ten episodes. Succession is back in a big fucking way. Um, I think, you know, I already set the bar so high for expectations of this show and the season four premiere exceeded them. And before we get right into it, Stevens, I mean, I know we definitely have some listeners that are succession people and I'm sure we have some that aren't. Hmm. So a little overview. We probably have some people too that don't even know what the show is. Let's have a little overview on succession and what it's, what it's about. Um, this is a TV show I came to you with a couple of years ago and said, Hey man, uh, there's about to be a new season that's on. You got to check this show out. Like, I think it's the best written show on TV. I think it's funny. You brought this to I me? I think it's well acted. Yeah. Succession? Oh, okay. Yeah. Thank you for that then. Yeah, how about it? I mean, and then I forget. Someone brought it to me and I forget who it was. Man, I've. This, <clears throat> this pisses me off talking about this because you don't know how hard I've tried to get my brother to watch the show. He won't do it. Instead, he'll like just go watch Pine Barrens, Sopranos episode. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, it, it, I, I can't. I think anyone that turned it on to that, is, that that committed to it and watched it loves it. It took me three episodes to fall in love. I will say that. Yeah, it's the best show on television. 
It's I so think it's good. the best show on television. I think yeah. so too. God, it's so but good. it's a story of a. a, a it's um, it's, it's a, a bit of a drama. It's a bit of a satire. You know, it's a bit of a dark comedy. We always kind of like the dark comedy genre, don't we? Yeah, but this sometimes it hits you on the nose. And this is about like a, this is about a very wealthy, a very powerful, very crooked media family. Mm-hmm. Um, the who, Roy's. The Roy's, yeah. Um, an excellent cast, and it's just their dealings, their dealings with each other in life and in business, and the decadence and and like the sprawl of how rich they are and the people that they deal with. It's uh, it's absurd, but it's very entertaining. In its absurdity, correct? It's not like... I mean, I just my favorite thing about this show is just watching people deal with things that I, I will never deal with. Right. <laughs> right. Know? Like, the the, the, the the magnitude of their lifestyle is... It's tacky, but that's for a reason. Well, you these know? people could have any... They could buy anything or have anything they want in the world, but the only thing that they crave is power. Yes. And that's why it's beautiful, because, like... And Brian Cox is the dad, the head of this family, and he goes through some health troubles, and that's why we we get all this yeah, wildness. Yeah. Here's something that's kind of interesting. It's something I just thought about. Like they do crave power, but they sort of. Uh, so you've got a father here with uh, four four kids. The kids are all the ones that are jockeying for power under him. They're all like hungry for each other's power, more so. Like they're always interested in expanding their empire. It's true. But they're always trying to get over on each other. Is what it is. The fucking backstabbing that goes on with these people is insane and it's great because sometimes it just comes out of nowhere and it like drops like a bomb in these episodes you're like oh man I can't believe they made this power move and, well, and our three main siblings and they have a half brother as well played by uh, the wonderful I don't know why I'm blanking on his name who plays Connor <laughs> Alan Ruck yeah Alan Ruck like <laughs> <laughs> Cameron go he's wonderful in it but our three main siblings what I love about them so much is they're all so different yeah. and you have Kieran Culkin who's obviously Macaulay Culkin's uh, <laughs> younger brother he's like this weird Machiavellian little creepy fuck mm-hmm. who's just driven by they're all driven by their own desires he's my favorite character on the show Roman Roy is my favorite I mean I like them all for different my reasons my favorite but... is a, a character named Tom played by Matthew McFadden <laughs> yeah god yeah. I love him Tom Wamsgams 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 <laughs> Um, so for, for this, the, yeah, the, the driving force of the show is that Brian Cox's lead character, Logan Roy, um, is the, is the patriarch of this empire. His health is in danger. He's about to go and it's going, comes about the line of succession. Yeah. Everyone wants a piece of the pie. Yeah. Who wants it? And that includes his wives, his ex-wife, these kids. And it's been three seasons of jockeying for position. And this is the final season that just started. And we had a really good kickoff. Yeah, and we wouldn't ever steer you guys in the wrong um, direction either with just like like the magnitude of acting credentials on in this yeah. show. Like like Jeremy Strong, who plays Kendall, the eldest brother, he took an Emmy last year. Yeah, you and might not the, know you might not know these people at first glance. Yeah, but like man. once you get to once you get to watch him watching watch him work, I mean I can't get enough of it. Like Jeremy Strong is just it's it's crazy level of talent and this go, whole method thing that he's doing. And, I go to bed believing the Roy's are real people. Like, and I mean, it's not like, so good. We talked about the two sons. We must not slight oh, God. Uh, Sarah Snook, the official girlfriend of the Good Pals podcast, <laughs> as Siobhan Roy, the daughter. And um, what we what we're into is where we're at currently is like we're in a situation where the three the three children are pivoted against their father in a major major power struggle. And. Um, but how, how deep do we get into spoilers on this? What I don't do you, want to spoil this. What, because what do you want to say about what do you want to say about the first episode? 
Um, I mean, now, yeah, I, I we, think, we'll, we'll keep it light because I want people to check the show. Let's out. just leave it at it was a. I mean, it was a perfectly written episode for where we're at in the show. Yeah. But I think right now we're dropping the show on a lot of our listeners. And it's probably the first time we've heard of Succession. Yeah. So yeah. I want them to watch it and enjoy it. Yeah, get that HBO Max password from someone if you don't have it. Start watching it. I hate, I hate, I hate to say this, but it's one of those shows where you got to watch the first three or four episodes. Yeah, that's what I was just saying. You got to stick with it. But, God, it's so rewarding, guys. It's so rewarding. Like, it only gets better. And it's so funny. And um, it can be serious too, but I watch it for the laughs, man. I really. We were just talking before this episode. There's a six or seven minute relationship ending sequence that we won't give away, but man, like yeah. it made you and me both feel some kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, definitely sort of touching stuff. But I mean, the first thing that we said to each other about it was like, Jesus Christ, this is a really funny episode. It's so well written, it's so smart, and these people act the hell out of it. Succession rocks. Hell yeah. Yeah, we'll probably win all the awards this week on the this year on the way out. But uh, what a run it had! And interesting that you know a lot of critics are saying in only four seasons, it's landing in the conversation of like best television shows of all time. Yeah, so it's done after this season, huh? Yeah, which is a lot shorter than you know, which is what happens with a lot shorter than what happens with some other seasons. Are we gonna get like a side A, side B kind of part one, part two, or is it just gonna be like a ten season? Or ten episode done. Nine left, buddy. We already we already lost one. We had one Sunday. Now we got nine more. Hold your Sundays close to you. Yeah, they're running yeah. away. You know, we know our pals at HBO will drop something else good for us, though. What's the? Uh, what's they'll the, have another. They'll have another Sunday bullet like locked and loaded. Yeah, but, 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 but like as much as we love the Last of Us and raved like that week that went by that it wasn't here, I won't be as sad like I will when this is over. No, of course not. It's always terrible when since when succession ends. Yeah. I get them post successions blues. We'll have to post that picture of the uh, the guy crying in the rain from Blade Runner. Yeah, when it ends. That's how. That's exactly how I'll feel. Like, what does he say? Like, tears in the rain. Tears in the rain. Yeah, yeah. like tears in the rain. Hmm. Speaking of tears, some movies are so long these days. This is something we've talked about before on the Good Pals Podcast. Yet today, you and I made a conscious decision to go see John Wick Chapter 4 because we like John Wick movies. We like Keanu Reeves. And we knew that this movie is fucking two hours and 49 minutes long. <laughs> yeah. Well, wait, Jesus what? Christ, dude. Like, what movie did we go see recently where we said the long movie doesn't always mean good movie? I don't know, but for me, Babylon was an issue. Uh, no, no, Avatar no. was really long. That's what we, we liked saw. Avatar, but it was long. Three hours. This movie was two, two, almost three, but it didn't. It wasn't that. It didn't feel long. <laughs> Did it feel long to you? Yeah, it felt like uh, it went on forever. And I liked the movie, so this is like an Avatar situation where I liked the movie, but I felt what, like I was watching it, cut from this. You know, movie, I felt though. like I was watching this movie forever, and I looked at my and I looked at my phone. And it was only an hour into the movie, and I realized there were two hours left. Yeah, I said something new in the theater. I was like, Matt looks over at me hysterically. I was like, there's laughing. still two hours left in this fucking movie. <laughs> Jesus. I got like, this movie was so long, and there were so many incredible action sequences. By, the, by like the sixth one, I was like desensitized. I was like, oh, they're fighting right now. Dude, Keanu Reeves has been, you know what's interesting is like Keanu Reeves' you know, career is up, ups and downs. He's a superstar, a megastar, but he's been the center of. Two franchises that revolutionized action sequences in cinema. Yeah, in the wild. Yeah, first the Matrix. Yep. Okay. Well, that's where he met. That's where on the Matrix movies is where he meets Ch Chad Stahelski, 
stunt coordinator that ends up directing these John Wick movies. So in a way, there's a connection that goes back to, you know, that goes back to the Matrix. But Keanu Reeves' like career was a little bit slow, a little bit of a slump. Um, Wait, is this Chad Stowski's directorial debut? Uh, no, he directed the first John Wick. Him and oh, one, he did. Okay. Him and his partner co-directed these films. Oh, okay, cool, cool. cool. Uh, I think he might have just directed this the most recent one solo. These guys are stunt coordinators. Yeah, so he was a stuntman himself. They directed Atomic Blonde with Charlize Theron. Oh, nice. And that sort of gave him the bump to do this. So, oh, did but, you know that he was uh, Chad Stolsky was the uh, he was the stunt double for Brandon Lee in The Crow? That's crazy. I just watched The Crow yesterday. Yeah, he was uh, his stunt double. So should have been at work. <laughs> first, the Matrix movies, Sorry. and now John Wick movies. These are both Keanu and their martial arts and gunplay combined. Because of this guy Stolsky and his partner, the coordinators. Um. And they got two really successful franchises going here. First with The Matrix. You know, that was the Wachowski brothers directing those. And then as time went on, you know, it came to be seen that the Matrix movies were in some ways a metaphor and allegory for the Wachowski brothers transitioning into the Wachowski sisters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's why so they both... That part of the duality thing of, you yeah. know, of, of The Matrix had to do with that. These John Wick movies are just about a fucking guy that goes around dealing out headshots to people... At the end of the day, yeah. In the most innovative ways possible. This is like the this is like the origin of the close range headshot, which is so weird. You never really saw stuff like I never saw anything like this hmm. before the first John Wick. You know what? Maybe in some uh, maybe in some Asian martial arts like crime flicks. Yeah, I can't there's, think of anything. There was some stuff like this, I mean, but I, so like John Wick, it starts in uh, 2014, I believe, is the first one. God, this movie was so long. I'm looking at this trailer and I'm looking at people that I forgot were in this movie. Yeah. Well, when it's three hours long, that happens. But we didn't get introduced to uh, some pretty cool actors and characters that could maybe, you know, be the backbone of well, the series. The first John Wick, I think, is sort of meant to be a one-off kind of movie. This guy's a retired hitman. His wife dies of cancer. He gets a puppy to help fill in the, the hole in his heart. And something goes awry with the mob, and the Russian mob kills the dog. And he comes out of retirement. What does he say? He's like, yeah, I guess you could say I'm back. And he kills the entire Russian mob. Hundreds and hundreds of them with close-range headshots. Also, I love... One of the elements I love about these movies, too, is it sometimes feels like you're reading a comic book or like watching an oh. anime as they do stuff. They are very, very anime... Um, Esque and comic book esque, and I think in a good way. Oh yeah, um, for sure. The, the the what happens is like you know it's the this starts out what seemed like a one off that wasn't even maybe not going to get a theatrical release the first John Wick, and they decided to release it. You know it's discussed to be a direct video. That's how crazy this is. Becomes a sensation. There have since been two more films now three, where they build a mythology around this world of assassins and hired killers and shadow operatives and stuff like this so it's got a whole backstory to it now and it comes to a culmination big time in this it's like an international multi you know multi-location sets like a globe a, it spans the globe this this action oh it's this, wild this yeah. adventure yeah like start in Japan or start in New York yeah and the details of it man at the end of the day they're not even that important Wait, he's you, just trying to get out, you know. He's trying to get out. He's trying to get did out. Did you already know that Ian McShane and, and Keanu Reeves are reprising their roles in a movie called Ballerina coming out in 2024? That's the Ana de Mar the one I told you about. Oh, that's what you're saying. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry. Yeah, but you, I think what you were gonna say is we, we like 
these movies with assassins and stuff lend themselves to a lot of interesting casting and charismatic, you know, characters that are either through their acting or through their action abilities make for really like cool cinematic experience. Yeah. And we have some of those in this one for sure. Well, and I said to Matt after the movie, I said, you know, there's sometimes where a lot of a movie will lay a lot of characters and, you know, pivotal people on you and it's almost like too much. You don't, you get to spend too little or too much time yeah. with these characters. And this movie was so goddamn long. You've got to meet them all and it was, it was fine, but it was like, you know, none of them bothered me. I liked them all, but wild, wild, long movie. But I feel like they're going to take my nerd card away because we talked about one of our mutual favorite characters in the movie is a guy named Kane. And he's portrayed by Donnie Yen, who's like one of the greatest martial arts actors slash choreographers in the history of film, history of the genre. He kicked ass. He was awesome. Just cool, like real cool, funny character. Well, and in this movie, he's he's a blind assassin, you know. Is he in any of the previous well, John Wick movies or no? I don't believe he is, but I was going to tell you this. Did you know, like, in Rogue One, he plays a blind guy that kicks ass? He's kind of... Re- I do now know that it was the same guy, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never seen any of those Ip Man movies. The IP Man? Yeah, those are all... Those are those are cult... Those are all big time. Is that what it is? Ip, Ip, or- I think they pronounce it Ip Man, yeah. Huh. Yeah, I've never seen these either. We'll have to call Ben Huey... Um, there's a, so yeah, he's, so he's in this excellent casting, very cool character. You have, uh, Ian McShane and Lawrence Fishburne sort of chewing up scenery as old guys. Um, who's the Japanese, who's the Japanese gal that's in this? Amy Kwan. No. The daughter? Is that her? Oh, uh, no, she's the, this is the no, woman playing the fiddle. It's a different one. I believe she is a musician. Yeah, I'm looking, sorry. Oh, Rina Sawa, Sawayama. Yeah. She plays Akira, and damn, she was a smoke show. She was, yeah, she was, well, she was very attractive. She was really cool. Um, sort of an archer character in this. She's a famous musician. Yeah, tons of hype around her. This was her first movie. Rina Sawayama, official girlfriend of the Good Pals podcast. <laughs> Matt. Uh, we loved her. We, and as a former archer, you know, I feel like we relate to ourselves as competitors also. Oh, you're an archer too. Yeah. You fancy yourself an archer. I mean, I wouldn't be very good right now, but yeah, I've done well. Yeah. I mean, I was a competitive archer. I used to compete, but... Well, I've taken lives. You have more confirmed kills in the wild than I do. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. You know, it's, it's... Why are we throwing stones? Look, find your own archer girlfriend, because I already have Rena Sawayama to myself. Okay, I'll take uh, Katniss Everdeen. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Damn it. See, I'm getting old and you're too smart for me, Stevens. Can't be out thinking me like this on the podcast live on the air. Oh, why am I bl- but I'm blanking on her name. It makes me upset. Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. Thanks. Jesus, man. Sorry. You're such a player, dude. Such a player. Oh, really? I don't think I've confirmed a single one of my girlfriends of the Good Pals podcast. And you, every single girl I name, you're like, <laughs> official girl. Well, I mean, we talk about celebrities and very talented, beautiful, charismatic people. All right. You I'll know? think of one soon. Yeah, man. I know you will. So, but this movie—it's like it's—it's—I'd it's, uh, it's, it's, say it's a—it's a three act, it's a three act film, with with each act being about an hour long. Yeah. Uh, beautifully shot, man. Let's talk about these locations. Uh, um, just Jack- off the top of yeah. my head, I mean, we start in New York City, wonderful, beautiful city, and then we uh, we go to Osaka, Japan. Oh, oh, wait! There's that shit in the desert too in the beginning. Oh yeah, little um little. Homage. The movie fucking starts with John Wick like riding a black horse through the, the desert, riding an and, Arabian horse. And I read a, a, a little 
tidbit of trivia, um, the rock that he, believe it or not, guys, he shoots a guy dead on is um, the exact rock, no CGI, from Lawrence of Arabia, which is a movie that, you know, tilted filmmaking on its head, you know? Yeah. So My um, sister's favorite movie. Really? Yeah. That's cool. And I've never even seen it in its entirety. She loves it. But yeah, we start there. We move to Japan. Then we then we're in Belgium at a nightclub. Is it Berlin? <laughs> Is it Berlin or Belgium? I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> I think it's it's, it's Berlin because the dude's name is Klaus. <laughs> and then ends in Paris. Yeah, then we end in Paris. So those are your three big set pieces. Do you like the rave scene? Yeah, man. I mean, I think you know. I think that any of these movies have to have a scene in a nightclub where it's raining. And there's they neon, and there's neon in everywhere, and really loud yeah. music, and people dancing. Well, assassins slaughter each other in front of them, and they keep on dancing. That's Molly, baby. That's what MDMA will do. Oh man, you ain't gonna stop. Is. You ain't gonna stop bouncing. Cooking in brain cells. Oh yeah. But um, God, this does. But this, of course, is a really good nightclub. For, and this, you know, having I, saw, I watched The Crow, like I said just yesterday, that is some good nightclub ass kicking it. Dude, into. Matt. I was also while watching the movie when they're in these like nightclub scenes or like the hotel in Japan scene and it's all these like nighttime action sequences inside one those have to be well lit like they their their production team has got to be losing their fucking minds and two do you notice like all like the lighting fixtures are always like flashing or doing something like where he's at mm-hmm. and it's like just to be time on time with all that shit just they, they gotta work they work hard at train hard stressing me out for these things for sure. A uh, question that came to mind. I don't think we've ever discussed this on the podcast. Of this podcast have discussed it with friends before. So these guys like Keanu Reeves, um, and Matt Damon in the Bourne films, uh, Cruise in Mission Impossible films, right? Mm-hmm. How much ass do you think these guys could whip in real life if placed in a combat situation? Well, Can you tell me that Keanu Reeves has got to be able to fucking kick some ass, dude? Well, I'll say this about Keanu Reeves. I've 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 heard and seen videos. He was training in Austin, Texas, and in L.A. for quite a while, I believe, at, like, real shooting ranges. So a lot of the stuff you see of him, like, dropping clips out of guns and throwing clips in real quick, he's a pretty tactical guy. I've, I've seen viral videos of that, too, which is cool. Yeah. But I think he also knows some, I think he knows some judo, man. Well, I mean, just I mean, watching I these sequences, start... if he was wearing a Fitbit, I bet this dude's burning mad fucking calories. But, like. I mean, I guess tactical. <laughs> what? You asked me earlier, how many calories do you think Keanu Reeves burns? I'm like, I don't fucking know. I'm mean, gonna think about. Well, that. I, I think look about at my, the ass I look, that he's kicking. I look at my calories often. Yeah, I, well, I should be looking at mine more, obviously. Well, no, it's you okay. Look great, but I mean, think about it. The the Matrix comes out in '99. He probably starts training for that in like 1997. Yeah, but so Reeves we're coming up with probably 30 years up. of 30 reels of like. Well, the first time I ever really thought about it was the Born Identity movies because I thought Matt Damon was really convincingly like kicking some ass in those movies. Hmm. And I was like, how much of that do you take with you? How much of his stunts and straight choreography and memory? Or you got to train up to a certain extent where you can probably handle yourself. If like, I don't know, a couple of shitheads bothered you outside the bar. You might be able to work them over a little bit. Can I tell you a funny story? Yeah. I'm pretty sure Tom Cruise was a high school wrestler. Correct. And my teacher, or not my teacher, my lacrosse coach. I had a coach named Mr. Murray. He was William Mapother. He was an old man. From uh, New Jersey, or from where's Tom Cruise from? Jersey. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. So this is coming out of my. So I'm not wrong. I remember all this. <laughs> this guy coached lacrosse for me when I was up left in high school, and he also go Bobcats. He also was a wrestling coach for Tom Cruise, and you know what he told our whole team? What's that? Tom Cruise is a closeted homosexual. 
<laughs> is, this, is this coach still alive? Gotta, you yeah. know the guy's still alive because right now Tom Cruise's lawyers are on the way to his house. He lives in the Crescent. Because, he, because <laughs> you just said that. You just sold out this guy's location to Tom to the Church of Scientology. He might be dead. Sorry, coach. Yeah. Well, plenty of speculation. But about why, the, why would it look Plenty of speculation coach. about the Cruiser's sexual proclivities, but you know, he's, why, my, he's my dude either way. Why would my coach... And he was like an assistant coach. Like, he was like volunteering. Like, why is he there telling the kids that? It's fucking odd who... who Kids wind up around. Well, in South Carolina. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. What about the villain in John Wick? I loved him. <laughs> he was funny, man. Bill Skarsgård. Yeah. You, I, I you mean, kept laughing at him. I've read a lot of stuff that, uh, I've read a lot of stuff that compliments his wardrobe very much. Says so the, 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 the nattiest dressed villain in, uh, in action movie history. Uh, I think he's funny because I think he makes an interesting, like, accent choice. I liked it. He's a bit of a dandy. He's a cowardly sort of villain. He's always got dumb philosophies. He's always like, there are three types of person, or there are two types of person, like monologues about what shit. What do you say? He said, my father said, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. Yeah, he always he always says these, yeah, these little, like, uh, I heard weird, that though, and I was like, these weird non sequiturs. Did you notice that he says that shit, like, a lot, though? Like, whenever he was, like, giving his little speeches well, throughout the movie? John Wick, John Wick gave he's him always one got at some, the end, He's always so. got some bullshit. He's always got some bullshit philosophy, you know? Yeah. But when it's time to, when it's time to throw down... He, he, he made me out like I was wondering though, like if he was going to be a tough guy, like bad guy, or but then I, when it they gave us glimpses of it, but it never prevailed. He's kind he of a bitch. No, well, I didn't know if there's going to be a big throwdown between him and John Wick. I was hoping for it. Or like I wanted that. that. Yeah. Well, we won't want to spoil it, Scar's but I guess Guard. we just spoiled it anyway. Scarsgard didn't put in the hours, but it has a different that that ended a bit. The film ended a bit differently than I anticipated. Yeah, and I liked it. And for three hours, I did fall asleep twice. At one point, for about five minutes during a card game with the big guy, yeah, the big did. guy that they killed, like, but at the disco, and then uh, at some point with SARS, with like SARS guard and Fishburn and all those guys sitting around talking about some dumb shit. Our listeners don't know I do God's work. I stay awake while you sleep through these goddamn movies. Yeah, well, I mean, dude, fifteen minutes out of one hundred and seventy minutes, I'm shit. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. It's that, all good. He didn't miss anything. I can vouch. No, that ain't bad. I mean, it was just, and also this <laughs> getting drowned. Like you got to be pretty tired because of cars crashing on each other and constant gunfire. Yeah, I was about to say you always woke. You would. I'd look over. Your eyes would be closed during a part, and then like guns would start popping off. I'd look up, and you were wide eyed. <laughs> like you were like, damn, here we are again. Because this John Wick cinematic universe is like a look suspension of disbelief and whatnot. Very important when watching genre films and shit like that. These fucking, you know, the 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 suits that these guys wear. And I'm not talking about tactical suits or body armor or anything. Their suits, their Armani fucking suits, are bulletproof and damage proof because these guys yeah. get shot hundreds of times. Well, so my brother texted me. And right unless after- you put one through their cheek or through between the eyes. They, like they don't budge and there's no bloodshed. Yeah, the throat. So they are, but they even do like I heard. I heard like Fishburn saying something like, "Oh, these suits, you know, like blah blah blah." But oh, yeah. I mean, John Wick, this motherfucker gets hit by about twenty cars in this movie, launched into metal poles that make like a like, clanging noise, like all blows that would kill any one person. Well, my brother texted me when we got out of the flick because I told him I I enjoyed it, and he said Nick Nick always wants me to compare shit, and he's like he's like okay, John Wick series or the Bourne series, and I'm like. 
Well, like John Wick is supposed to be like an unbelievable spectacle. Yeah, it's fantastical. You're not supposed to think this yeah, guy is real. He's, it's a, it's a mythical kind of thing. They call him Baba Yaga. Yeah, it means the boogeyman. Like, yeah, he's not a real thing. I always thought that was kind of cool when they started like putting that. Then they made that a thing. Like, yeah, yeah but Yaga. like Jason Bourne is like they try to make you believe Jason Bourne could do Jason Bourne shit. Same with Bond, right? Bond's supposed to be a real guy. Yeah, yeah. The Bourne's the Bourne is uh, obviously like the more the most realistic of all this, you know. You want to talk we, about the the mystique of Mr. Keanu Reeves? Yeah, yeah, it's interesting to me. Very well liked celebrity, like really well liked celebrity, and why? I mean, it's because he doesn't touch girls' hips when he takes pictures with. Yeah, them. he's very considerate. Uh, he's very considerate about uh, about you know personal space and stuff like that. He gets applauded for. He's often credited with doing anonymous good deeds. Or he's witnessed doing things that just people think are cool that perhaps most celebrities wouldn't do. He was viral on Twitter this week because there was video of him carrying film equipment. He doesn't flaunt it either. He never Uh, does anything for public eye. It was from the set of John Wick 4. He was carrying a bunch of film equipment up the stairs with a bunch of people on the crew. And some people tried to take take the equipment from him that he was lugging. And he was like, no, no, it's cool. I got it. And I think that's cool. That as someone who's a megastar like that does shit like that. I think that's a cool thing about him. I saw some like backlash on Twitter where they're like, "Oh, he shouldn't just get you know heaped praise heaped on him because he helps." And this guy who's like a DJ or has a podcast was like, "Well, I worked security for Mike Myers on this movie, The Love Guru, mm-hmm. and I got fired after my first hour on the job for making eye contact with him for like two seconds." Jesus, you know, he's like, so that's what it's usually like on movie sets. So he's like, yeah, fucking Keanu Reeves wants to grab a bunch of heavy lights and mics and shit and lug them up the stairs. That's a big deal. What does his name mean again? Cool River? <laughs> uh, is it Cool Breeze? Uh, no, Reeves. <laughs> what does it mean? What? Reeves or Keanu? <laughs> no, it's like Cool Mountain River. What does it mean? I don't know, man. I know that he's, uh, I know he's, his mo- I think his mother was, uh, I think oh. his mother was, uh, um, Caucasian and his father was Keanu Reeves means cool breeze over the mountains. It was Hawaiian, uh, Hawaiian Chinese. That's what it means. Cool breeze over the mountains. <coughs> He's Hawaiian, but he was born in Beirut, Lebanon. Yeah. This guy's not yeah. fucking real. He's a spiritual dude. It seems yeah. well liked by everyone. And I'll say this a movie that has stuck with me most of my life, and when I revisit it, I don't think it's cheesy. I think it's fun, is Point Break. Okay. Like, I love that flick. I'm not a big point break guy. I think really? it's okay, you know what I mean? But what I think really started turning it around for him is Speed from 1994. The bus movie? See, I think that's cornier than I love break. Speed, man. It's so good. You don't love Patrick Swayze? I I mean, it's not, I, don't point, I don't point break doesn't do it for me. You don't like Gary Busey? Yeah, I mean, he's all right, you know? <laughs> Crazy mother. <laughs> you don't like Anthony Kiedis? <laughs> I don't like Anthony Kiedis, or any of his bandmates for that matter. I mean, I'm sure they're really great guys. I'm sure they're great lives in real life, but bad band. Cool guys, though. Bad band? Yeah. Damn. Mm. Blood Sugar Sex Magic just got shit on, by Well. Anyways, we're, pretty go, good we're going Pretty good album. But... Yeah, Keanu's a good guy. It's it's goes without saying. Like that guy is just he, he's looking out for the world, you know. Yeah, and uh, but almost what 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 I think is that I think it's almost to a, I think it's almost kind of a thing where, I think it even affects the success of his movies how well he's liked. I think it helps sell tickets. 
Well, it definitely helped him if he was a better actor because holy fuck. And, you know, he's not been mind blowing in a lot of things, but I mean, I think he can be charismatic and he can be cool. Uh, did you ever see Francis Ford Coppola's uh, from 1992, Bram Stoker's Dracula with Gary Oldman? I did. Do you remember Keanu Reeves in that movie? I don't. He almost put he almost buried his career in that. Almost ruined it. Yeah, I mean, it, and, and almost got to blame Coppola for some poor direction, but he was just miscast, and he was not given help. What, and what did a, he play again? I, I vaguely remember this. He was Winona's boyfriend or her betrothed huh. before Dracula like stole her away. Mina Harker. Um, oh, Jonathan Harker, I guess was his name. Wow. But um, I love that movie. I love that Dracula movie. But man, uh, he struggled in that. But he found his niche, man, and he's cool. I'm I'm a pro Keanu guy. I'm rooting for Keanu. Yeah, and and I mean, and like these John Wick flicks, he works so fucking hard to choreograph these fights and be so good at this stuff that like, I don't even his acting is neither here nor there. This guy is busting his ass to put on give us the best action movie he can. You know, will we see John Wick return? I don't think so, Maddie. You don't think so? I think we will. Perhaps. But I mean, but who knows? I mean, four four movies, a lot of money on the line, as we just saw. We got on time, and right. I'm sure I'm sure Keanu's got I'm sure Keanu's got some other projects coming down the line. Yeah, what's coming up for us on the pod uh, in the next couple of weeks? The Ari Aster movie drops this week, I think. Ugh, but was afraid. Yeah. What do you think about that? Well, I'm gonna go see it because I love Ari Aster. Me too. Is it a so, horror movie? Is he stepping away from all that stuff? I think it's like a psychological thriller slash comedy of some sort. I don't think it's as heavy as his previous films. It's going to be good. That guy's a good writer. But yeah, I mean, I looked at the release calendar and we have some stuff coming up that, uh, well, we're going to do Renfield for sure. Yeah. I mean, we're busy. Let's do it. Yeah. We got Renfield coming up. But, you know, we might not be perfect guys, but we are going to get these to you weekly. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to stick to weekly. When I say weekly, that means our, the Good Pals week is a nine to 10 day cycle. You will get an episode on weekly on the Good Pals schedule. Well, they might sure. be six days apart. They might be nine. You know? And there's a, there's a ton of releases coming up that we definitely want to address. And we already have discussion topics around. And uh, we're going to be talking succession every week for sure. Spoiler free. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to because uh, just check out succession, guys. Please trust us on this. One. We'll have some guests coming y'all's way, too. We definitely want to. Yeah. Treat back yourself. Treat yourselves to some good. Treat yourselves to some good art, some good TV. And uh, check out succession. And if you're into the action and you like the cool breeze coming over the mountains, <laughs> then check out John Wick Chapter 4. Uh, it's now playing in the theaters. And uh, you got anything else that we need to uh, talk about, Stevens? Um, no. I mean, we were... I have a, oh, I have an re- issue of retraction. What's up? Uh, our last episode, I talked a little bit about a show called Daisy Jones and the Six on Amazon. Ooh, is that, movie, is that good now? And I said it's a bad show, right? Yeah. I finished watching it. It's 10 episodes. I finished watching the whole thing. Uh, like actually like couldn't wait for it to come out secretly on Fridays and I'd watch both episodes and it was a decent show. Guilty pleasure territory or no? No. Yeah. For me sort of, but I think for a lot of people, just normal pleasure territory. Let me ask it you was, something. As it was cool. It definitely got, it definitely grew in strength as it went on and I enjoyed it. Can I ask you something as your pop culture therapist? Yeah. Do, do we have a good friend? Do we have a good pal's girlfriend on that show? Riley Keough okay. is the well, official girlfriend it of the is, Good Pals There podcast. it is, folks. That's why Matt's watching this show. Yeah, Daisy Jones and the Six. Riley Keough and the Six. Call it what you will. Maybe it doesn't suck. Give it a Look, t- it's like the great Jerry Orbach says at Dirty Dancing. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. And I was wrong about Daisy Jones and the Six. It's all right, and sometimes I can afford to be a little bit less of a snob in my life and maybe even enjoy the occasional Red Hot Chili Peppers song. Yeah, maybe you'll try a breakfast place on the island again. I think I'm going back to my standards on that one. <laughs> 
Don't you be starting trouble. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Remember, if you got time, drop us a rating. If we like five stars, drop us a little review. It helps us get uh, more Definitely. exposure for the yeah. podcast. Um, means a lot to us that you just listen uh, to us talk about good be- good breakfast, bad breakfast, great movies, great television shows. Bad movies, bad television shows. Yeah, those two, those two. Um, but either way, it's always a good time here on the Good Pals Podcast. Until next time, I'm Maddie. He's Zach Stevens. We'll see you next week.